podcast simon well welcome back to the two guys one plan podcast we are a weekly podcast where we deep dive into the history nutrition medicinal uses the cooking and growing of different plants uh, as always my name is simon hall and my co-host with the mo host is <laughs> timothy ackerman oh mate that is your best kind yet yeah i thought of that one when i was in the shower Nice. G'day, mate. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I've got mm. a glass of wine in my hand, so I'm pretty good. Feeling loose. I'm feeling great, and I'm excited for cilantro. What is that? Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> cilantro. Who cilantro. calls it that? Who calls it that? The Americans. And only the Americans. It's a yes. bit like the imperial system. A little bit, yeah. They are the only country that uses imperial correct uh i believe i believe so I, i'm sure there's countries that kind of switch between both but i think they're hard and fast imperial mm. system yeah crazy yeah because it's so, not not a really good system no i no. We're, we're not here for that though are we well we could be <laughs> hey if people want us anything, to talk yeah. about metric versus imperial system <laughs> be happy to do that yeah yeah mm. I mean, we, we could research anything. Well, that is correct. <laughs> Getting rather good at it, yes. if I do say so myself. Yep, yep. Uh, no, look, uh, I'm excited for this week. Coriander. Yeah, I was. Uh, I, I actually I really didn't know anything about it. I feel like I say this a lot, but I mean... You do. The whole point of this, isn't it? Every uh, single week. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, mate. I just... I just don't know. Don't be sorry it. to me, mate. Be sorry <laughs> for the audience. <laughs> hey, bring him along for the journey. Well, that's it. It's yeah. an adventure. I like to think of it as an adventure. Mm. Yep. But I think coriander for me is like parsley. Uh, less of just a shit garnish, but, you know, I, <laughs> I, I quite like the flavour of coriander and use it a lot. But mm-hmm. um, I just, it's like parsley in terms of, I didn't know anything about it. I just used it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm very similar. I know that it's used in a lot of dishes, like yep. all over the world, mm. but why is it used in those dishes? You know, how did it ever, you know, how did it get to those places for them to use it in their dishes? Yeah. Were their dishes terrible before they got coriander? Mm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Most likely. Yeah. So, Hey, it's, it's good. I mean, I, I enjoyed researching this week. Cool. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, I, I found some similarities between coriander and parsley in terms of the, the health and nutrition side of it, which mm-hmm. I thought was interesting. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely very interesting. Yeah. Well, they are part of the same family. Correct. I hope I'm not taking that from anything that you're about to say. No, no, definitely not. No. Mm. So, you know, it kind of makes sense that they're, I mean, I get them mistaken when I go into the supermarket and I'm trying to find flat leaf parsley and coriander. And if you don't read the mm-hmm. the labels, you could get them very easy. I mean, definitely difference in smell, 
uh, you know, when you pick yeah. it up. But, yeah. you know, if you weren't paying too much attention, you could easily pick up some flat leaf parsley. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I thought it was just mm. me. Yeah. <laughs> Were you not going to admit that? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, you know, that's fair. Yeah. But I like to be as transparent as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's where I am. Yeah, good. Yeah. Too fast in a supermarket, especially during COVID. I'm like in and out, mm-hmm. picking up all sorts of herbs and spices. And one of those and one of those. Yeah, that's it. And when I get home, I'm like, God damn, I got the wrong stuff. Yep. But no, that's all right. I, I haven't really, I've only done it once, I think. Mm. Mm. Well, I have um, parsley and coriander growing in my little herb garden at home. So, wow. Uh, yeah, it's been a that's while cool. since I've had to buy it from the shops. Mm. Nice. Are they growing big enough for you to take from it all the time? Uh, the parsley is. The coriander was. Uh, we've had some possums lately that have stripped it back. Mm. Um, but I'm doing the growing today and I learned something that I'll, uh, I'll go and change that and see if it can, see if I can help it. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what the possums are using their coriander on. I would love to know. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think they're baking like potatoes, making <laughs> some Mexican food? Yeah, definitely some, some sort of salsa, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Do they take just the leaves or do they get down and get the roots as well? No, they strip the stems and it's just oh. bare, bare stems sticking out of the ground. Oh, really? So it's just leaves that they're after? Yeah. Wow. I mean, some may say that they're really missing out on some real benefits in the root system. Yeah. Are you going to address that? I am going to touch on bits of that when we talk about cooking. Cool, because I, I learned that for the first time doing this research as well. So. Oh, really? Hmm. I didn't oh. know you could use the roots. and. Well, you can use the whole plant. Yeah, but mm. the roots, I mean, I've always used stems in the, in the leaves anyway, but um, mm. yeah, I read that the roots are, are really good. Yeah, they are quite good. Well, shall we just jump into the facts then? Yeah, let's do it. I was going to ask you about your week, but I already know what that's been like. So we're all good. Same old, same old. Yep. <laughs> yep. We're getting closer and closer to being released out of our homes, mm-hmm. yep. which is fun. But look, let's jump into facts yep. because there are some crackers. I've got three this week. How many have you got? Well, I've got two. So you start. Yeah. And you've got a doozy, a big yeah, one. It's, it's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. No, no. Like as in a. a, oh, a yeah. There's, just, there's a bit, bit to it. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to start off with not coriander, but so coriander's also name is cilantro over in the States, which we all know. But did you know that there's a herb called culantro? I didn't. Okay, so it's similar aroma and flavor to cilantro um, or coriander, as we like to call it. Uh, not the same plant, though. It's actually got serrated leaves and it looks a little bit like a long leaf lettuce. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's got a stronger flavor than cilantro. Uh, and then they use it in smaller amounts, but it's used in dishes from the Caribbean, uh, Central America, South America, Asia. But yeah, so they use culantro, not to be mistaken for cilantro. Yeah, which really strengthens the, strengthens the argument to call it coriander, not cilantro. Correct. Yeah. Hey, although uh, I'm on board. <laughs> I know. I, I did read that uh, the Americans only call the leaves cilantro, and if it's the seed, it's coriander seed. 
Yes, that's well. They, they actually call the seed coriander. Oh, so, well, I mean, it's not much of a stretch to just oh. call it coriander. I mean, seriously, Mate. come on, guys, okay. pull your fingers See, out. Yeah, we're living in a global world. I know. You know, get on board. Mm. Come on. Okay, my turn. <laughs> coriander seed mm. is technically a fruit. Oh, really? And I'll expand a little bit. Which, that's cool. It's technically a fruit, right? Okay. And I learned this in the growing. The seed will actually split in two. Let me rephrase. Split in twain. <laughs> Sorry, I was just thinking of Robin Hood men in tights. <laughs> Where me? He split Robin's arrow in twain. <laughs> uh, that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the seed, you can split the seed in two. Twain. <laughs> and it's actually got like it'll germinate from both halves, so you actually get two plants out of it. Oh, that's cool! Yeah, wow, I found very that cool. I, very, very I, cool. I just found that weirdly interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> weirdly interesting. Well, it is quite interesting because you know typically seeds germinate one plant. Yes, yeah. So it's actually kind of two fused together, and you can just break it up and plant two. Yep. Wow. Yeah, that is pretty cool. I like it, mate. Okay, mine is some Belgian beer breweries actually use coriander and orange peel mm. to give it citrus undertones to the beer. Yes. Mm. This is like a Hogarden type beer, right? Yes. And yes. have you had beers with I've uh, brewed, coriander? I've, I've brewed using coriander and orange. Really? Yes. Yeah, brewed my own beer. Wow. How did it turn out? Yeah, it was okay. <laughs> yeah, that... That's code for terrible. It was it was homebrew. Let's put it that way. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> How much of it did you drink? Uh, I don't remember. I was too young. But, uh, <laughs> too young? How old were you? 12? Uh, probably 20. <laughs> but, uh, um, I was trying to copy the Hogarden beer. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Jake. Uh, Tim's beautiful wine, Marana. Jake. Is joining the podcast uh, just visually, though. <laughs> so I don't think that works for anybody else apart right. from from me. Apart from you, yeah. Mm. Yep. All right, go on. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm doing my next fact, right? Yeah. Yep. Now, coriander. When we agreed to do this, yes. you and I both said that this would be a contentious topic. Correct. So you either love it or hate it. At the end yes. of the day. Yes. And the people, the people that don't like coriander are extremely passionate. They're almost like CrossFitters. Yeah, they will. They will tell you. Yeah, that they don't like coriander. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So you either love or hate it. But there yeah. is apparently there is a a very scientific reason for why people don't like it. So I'm just going to go into that uh, a little bit. There's are a, there WIDs involved? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they also like to tell you how hard their wads were too. So. <laughs> um, Professor Russell Keast, now he specializes in sensory food, uh, sorry, sensory and food science at okay. Deakin University School of Exercise and Nutrition Science. Now he said that... Genetic- in Australia? Yes, Deakin yeah, is nice. a, a nice. Melbourne-based university. Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, so he says that genetics can be can be largely blamed for the people that, well, let's say both the people that do like it and don't like it. Okay. 
Um, so he's talking about some receptors that are in our nose that are responsible for identifying uh, volatile compounds. And uh, this is both compounds in the atmosphere and compounds that are released from foods that we eat. Uh, and so, you know, we all know the smell is variable. You know, everybody smells things slightly different. Um, Wait, is that true? Yeah, yeah. It's it's like taste, you know. It's all, it's personal personal preference we don't all taste exactly the same we don't all smell exactly the same it's got to be very similar surely it would be pretty close except for these people with the genetic difference where it's okay, like okay. really really different okay. yeah so he's saying you know so what i experience may not be what you experience and sometimes that can be due to quantity type natural variation with smell receptors and that sort of thing so you might have different levels of smell receptors hmm. uh, yeah as a like a sidebar i have seen you know people you know, they talk about, uh, I don't know if you've read the book, The Brain That Changes Itself, but um, they talk about people that have lost sight or um, mm. hearing or something and they've mapped the brain and they see different areas of the brain get bigger and are able to process things differently. So it's just similar here. You know, you might have more or less capability of okay. uh, tasting or smelling or whatever. Um, yeah, so it's these receptors that determine what people taste when they eat coriander. So what he's saying here is depending on your smell receptors, uh, you may experience a soap-like flavor rather than the herby flavor that other people experience, which <laughs> I, I actually didn't know about the soap thing until I read this. Yeah. And it now it makes sense why people are so passionate about hating it because yeah. that would be disgusting. Well, I mean, back in the day, if you use curse words, you'd get your mouth washed out with soap. Yeah. Like it was a bad thing yep. to have soap in your mouth. It's, yep. it's horrible. Mm. So imagine doing that when you're having a burrito. Oh my God. Yep. Terrible. Yeah. So he's saying that coriander is one of, one of, um, there's few foods that may drastically change with this genetic difference where okay. some things are a subtle change. This is kind of one that's, you know, spectrum one end or the other type thing. Yeah, okay. Um, what I didn't know is that it affects approximately 10% of the population. That's quite a lot. Explains why there's Facebook groups about I hate coriander and I, yeah. you know, I hate coriander day and all that sort of stuff. Like that's, there's enough people to hate it for it to have a global movement. Yeah. But surely they could just uh, get over it. They, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, there's no really no need for them to start a Facebook group about it. <laughs> you said it, not me. We like it. Mm. So, I love coriander. Yeah, like what's love your problem? It. Yeah. Just leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> what did it ever do to you? Yeah, what did this plant ever do to you? Yeah, that's right. Mm. <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, well, congrats to them and that must suck. Because mm. it is a beautiful... Uh, it's a beautiful herb. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm actually going to talk about some replacements. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yep. Later when we get to cooking, because mm. as you said, 10% of the population are going to hate this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so we may as well give them a couple of little things that they can swap it out for. We should. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that was cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, my last fact was just that the whole plant's edible. Oh, okay. So we leaves, that. stems, yep. roots, seeds. But here's the kicker: 
You should never replace the leaves with the seeds and vice versa. They are very different flavors. Yeah, they are very different. Yeah. yeah. So when you see cori- add coriander to this uh, and you look in your pantry and you've got ground coriander seeds, that is not going to give you the fresh herby taste that you're looking for on top of your guac or whatever. Right? Given what we spoke about before about cilantro, mm. that makes me think it should be worth checking if the recipe's American or not. Because if they say coriander and they're referring to the seed. I believe a lot of recipes out there kind of specify. Yeah, okay. The fresh it is. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Plus you can kind of tell. Yeah. Coriander usually goes on the top. Yeah, it'll be in a garnish or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So if you're looking at it and it's a curry with no uh, leaves on the top, don't yeah. put the fresh stuff in there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, a bit of common sense. Mm. Yeah, come on, people. <laughs> Although coronavirus tells me that there's people out there that don't have any common sense. Well, there you go. <laughs> Sorry for that. Hitting it up with just a, just a real big sidebar. Oh, it's just so frustrating. Anyway, let's go. Keep going. <laughs> well, you've chosen the right place to air your grievances. Yep. Yeah. So, should we talk about the history of coronavirus? I mean, of <laughs> coriander. <laughs> the history of coronavirus. Oh, well, the Chinese government. No. Well, hey, you better be careful, mate, because <laughs> apparently it may not have just been from Wuhan. It no, could have come it. from many other places in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Anyway. So, so the that history of coriander. <laughs> yes. History of coriander spans several centuries. It's got historic ties to the ancient Greeks, the Spanish conquistadors. It's been used for love potions, aphrodisiacs, spicy cooking in South America. It's got a big history that goes back about 5,000 years. Mm, Cool. Yeah. So it's a pretty cool spice. And herb. Yes. Yes. It's one of the only plants to be a spice and a herb. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. I'm trying to think, what did we do early on in the series that was... A spice and a herb? A spice and a herb. Yeah. Yeah, fennel. Fennel? No, it was earlier, early days. Anyway. Fennel is a spice and a herb as well. The, yes. the little filigrees on the top of the fennel yes. can be used as a herb. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, you know, ground fennel seeds mm-hmm. is a spice and fennel seeds in themselves is a spice. Anyway, we're digressing off and talking about fennel. If you haven't listened to the fennel episode, you should because it was awesome. And yes. we ate a lot of fennel in the, the weeks preceding that uh, mm. podcast. Uh, I don't eat it as much at the moment, but I am going to be bringing it back. Nice. Mm. Anyway, mm. We're, we're, we're way off on the tangent. Way off, way off. Way off. Okay. So we're going to talk about where the name began. Cool. So coriander, the name is actually believed to be derived from the Greek word of koros, which actually means insect. Okay. Uh, or there's another Greek word called korianon, which means bug. And it actually refers like a stick insect. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, it actually refers to the cultivation in the gardens 
you know, mm. that there was a buggy smelling plant. Right. Okay. And that's where it kind of got its name from. Fair enough. Weird, huh? Yeah. That, mm. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So it's not fully like, it's not quite rigid that this is exactly where coriander came from, Yeah. but it's believed to be in the middle, uh, the Mediterranean region of Europe. Yeah, it's not okay. really certain, yeah. but they say it's been there for about 5,000 years, as I said yep. before. Now the seeds... We seem to be coming across that quite a lot with a lot of different plants that it's yeah, kind absolutely. of in that Mediterranean region. Yeah. yeah, the fruit bowl of the planet, yeah. Yeah. you know, or the plant bowl of the planet. Mm-hmm. Plant bowl of the plant. Planet. Food food bowl? The plant um, bowl of the plant in it? <laughs> yeah, I know. That's weird. Anyway, I felt weird saying that. Mm. So... The seeds have actually been found in ancient Egyptian tombs. Yep, I know. It's much like some of the other plants that we've, we've spoken about. And it's perhaps because the coriander seeds were thought um, by the ancient herbalists to be an aphrodisiac. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's also been found in um, ancient Israelites also used coriander. So it's mentioned in the Old Testament Bible in Exodus. Uh, where it reads, the house of Israel called the name manna. And it was like coriander seed, white, and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. Okay. So you know how they talk about the manna that came from the heaven when they're walking through the the desert for 40 years? Yeah. So that's they kind of refer to um, coriander and manna, you know, so the book of numbers actually compares coriander with manna as well. Right. I'm just thinking about this. I, I've, my biblical history is bad. It was a lot of people, right, that had to go through the desert. Yeah, it was the all of the Israelites. So thousands and thousands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you feel I sorry believe... for the? Do you feel sorry for the ten percent? Uh, yeah. That's what is this soap man. bread? It's soap bread. bread. It was white, man. It's like, yeah. And maybe they were just sitting there going, why does God keep telling me to he's, wash myself? Punishing like, us. Like you told me to come out in the desert, man. Now you're trying to tell me to wash myself with what? <laughs> There's no water, man. I don't understand. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that they had a pretty rough time. Mm. Maybe they were part of the 10% that perished while they were out. There. Oof, anyway. Okay. Too far. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, Coriander is also mentioned in Arabian Nights, which is a book that's over a thousand years old. And in this book, it was part of a mixture that was supposed to help uh, childless men actually have children. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. The, the logistics is, I'm stumped. What do you mean? Well, uh, no, it's all right. I'm, it helps with really, your tackle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was yeah. thinking... I was thinking of uh, single men, <laughs> not childless men. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm like, mm. how are they going to have no, kids? No, no. Is it like Junior with Sylvester Stallone? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. no, uh, no. Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> oh, yes. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, so if we look to um, ancient Greek physicians, so Hippocrates, who we've spoken about before, he recommended the use of coriander as a medicine. Uh, Pliny the Elder Good old Pliny. Yeah. Yep. Uh, who we have talking, we seem to talk about all the time. Uh, he mentioned that the highest quality coriander was found in Italy. 
Uh, sorry, the highest quality coriander found in Italy. He is in Italy. Sorry, yes, okay. uh, Pliny the Elder is a Roman um, uh, naturalist, maybe yeah. philosopher. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, he was a lot of things, mm, like like philosopher, a, naturalist, you know, author. Anyway. A lot of people back then kind of dabbled in. You know, many lots different of different areas. things. Yeah, yeah, very true. Uh, so he was saying that the best coriander that they had in Italy was from Egypt. Okay. Um, yeah. And coriander seeds appeared to be quite prized by the Egyptians, as we as we just mentioned before, because they found them in the tombs. Um, but the records of the use of coriander date right back, as we mentioned, to five thousand BC. The Romans used it to flavor bread. Um, and I think in modern medicine, it's actually used to mask unpleasant tastes and odors of drugs. Oh, there you go. I didn't come yeah. across that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, as we mentioned, like as I mentioned just before, it was actually thought to be an aphrodisiac. So in love potions during Renaissance periods and in medieval times. So when we talk Renaissance periods and medieval, we're talking about 14th century to 17th century or those sort of uh, timeline. Um, they also said that, uh, when you consumed with wine, coriander stimulates the animal passions. Ooh. I know. I feel like with my wine that I'm drinking tonight, I should be chewing down on like a massive, uh, coriander. Thing. <laughs> yeah. Stip it in the wine. That's it. <laughs> Just, uh, that's my animal passion coming forward. <laughs> okay. Ooh, geez. <laughs> too, too much, too much. Yeah. Um, now the Chinese have also used cilantro for, or coriander for centuries. I'm going to flip between cilantro and coriander through this. So, just to you. keep the Americans included. Yes. Well, there there are listeners from America and mm-hmm. they enjoy the podcast as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, we can't just smash them down at the beginning of the podcast and then, you know, leave yep. them to not know what we're talking about for the rest of it. Mm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> okay. Um, so the plant actually reached the east from the west uh, and... You know, it's usually through ancient trade routes. So, you know, we talk about the Silk Road, which, you know, was a trade route that sort of came through. So that that's kind of the route between Europe and Asia um, and the spice market that kind of went through there. Yeah. Um, the Chinese also believe that consuming coriander seeds, uh, you'd be rewarded with immortality. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I feel yeah. like they would know the answer to that pretty pretty quickly though well they could just chew it down and then dude with the spear goes yeah <laughs> and exactly uh, like you'd, you'd be able to prove yeah. that one real quickly yeah but you know there's all these uh snake oil sales, salesmen mm-hmm. right yeah, yeah. so we could have like a guy that's come in you know he's on the silk road and he's he's just come into a, a new town and a new province and he's in there and he's like telling people about these coriander seeds and, you know, he's got his apprentice with him and he takes the seeds and he goes, throw the spear at me. And he's got like a Kevlar mm. kind of vest going on underneath it, throws the spear and it just bounces off him. Dong. You know, yep. I think you could trick a lot of people like that. Yeah. If you were mm-hmm. smart enough. Illusionists. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. So, you know, there could have been a lot of them going through China. I like where time. you went with that, mate. Yeah, that, was, anyway. that was a really good justification. <laughs> Correct. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Um, in the mid-1700s, uh, a liquor was made from coriander seeds, um, but the experiment proved a little unsuccessful. But, mm. um, you know, uh, these days, uh, coriander's widely used outside of Europe uh, in the southwest of the U.S., uh, and through Central and South America, it's also used in India, China, Thailand. You know, it's it's pretty much everywhere. Um, now, it was brought to America and the US uh, in about the 1600s or mid-1600s um, and brought over to Mexico by the conquistadors in the 1500s. So a little, yep. just a little bit before that, uh, which was pretty cool. But, I mean, we see the use of coriander through these cuisines as we start talking about them. I mean, it's, it's used throughout the U S um, it's used in pretty much every Mexican food that you can, like mm-hmm. it's, it's on everything. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's throughout Asian cuisine. We know that it's used pretty much everywhere and it's all through European cuisine as well. So, you know, we can see it kind of moved along and then everyone adopted it. Yeah. Well, 90%. Adopted it. (laughs) Correct. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the medicinal, historical medicinal uses. Yeah, cool. I don't know if you touched on much of this in your... No, no no history, only current stuff. Okay, that's fine. So uh, it was actually the unpleasant smell of coriander that made it, that kind of led people to use it as a medicine. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of the ancient uh, medicinal people or, you know, people that, that practiced with herbs or herbologists or whatever you, are they herbologists? Is that right? Uh, sounds right. Yeah. The herbidors. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, so the, these guys believe Herb, that anything. Uh, they're herbalists. Yeah. They, that's what I said. Yeah. 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 Trust your gut, Simon. Yeah, that's right. Trust your gut. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like I've been doing enough of these to know that it's a herbalist. I don't know what's wrong with me tonight. Anyways, yeah, today, much, whenever, whenever much, you're listening to Too this. much wine. Yeah, that, correct. <laughs> I was dipping that coriander. Anyway, <laughs> so so they believe, the ancients believed, the herbologists believe that anything with a really strong and unpleasant odour, you know, has powerful attributes to offer, mm-hmm. okay? So that's why they use these pungent herbs and pungent spices and we see it with garlic it's quite pungent you know uh so much so that they're part of the five um you know pungent spices that are not used in some religions yes yeah uh, so, but the british pharmacopoeia of medicines uh, actually discusses coriander uh, but it's now mainly used as i mentioned to disguise you know medicines but coriander water was actually used to ease flatulence and windy colic. Oh, yeah, um, it was also used in ointments for the relief of rheumatism and arthritis. Uh, and coriander seeds also have a narcotic effect when consumed in quantity. <laughs> um, and they actually used to call it dizzy corn. Dizzy corn, that's right. Yeah, I wonder I what the quantity is. 
Yeah, a lot. I wonder. Purely, purely for research purposes. Yes. I was going to say, are you, uh, so like I've got a whole jar of coriander seeds. Should we just do this now? Are we doing this? Are we doing this right now? I'm gonna, probably, am I going to get coriander seeds out of the cupboard? I've uh, probably got about 500 grams of coriander seeds in the cupboard. <laughs> uh, I would like you to consume those as we go. And yeah. Let's just see how the dizzy corn happens. <laughs> Yep. Uh, no, that's good. We're not going to do that. No. Uh, well, but but that is basically. I mean, it's it's a bit like the history that we spoke about before in a couple of previous episodes, where it dates back a really long way. But there's you know there's a little bit of stuff about things that they've used it for, but it's not extraordinary mm. in terms of like they've used it as. I mean, when we talked about medicinal uses, we're talking about they used it for colic and for a bit of flatulence. I mean, yep. it's not like it's for snake bites, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> snake bites. Yeah, correct. So, uh, but that was the history of cilantro and coriander and coriander seeds. Nice. <laughs> nice. Let's get into the nutrition and medicine. Okay. Um, now, I found this weirdly similar to parsley. Okay. Um, there are differences, but uh, yeah, it was it was interesting to see the the similarity, and we we touched on it before that um, they are from the same family, so it's it's not it's not that much of a surprise, I guess, at the end of the day. No. Um, okay, so I'm going to start the way we normally do, given that that coriander is um, used sparsely, I guess. And, you know, there's not a huge volume. I'll do your kind of eight gram serve, mm -hmm. but then I'll extrapolate it out to a hundred gram, similar to what I did with parsley. So you can see some of the, the key things jump out when you expand the numbers up. And are we talking about coriander, the leaf or coriander, the seed, the fresh leaves. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are you talking about the seeds as well? No, this, I didn't really uh, get anything that was with the seed, but um, okay. later on I'll talk about, you know, some volatile oils and stuff that exist in the seed. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So eight grams, there's only 1.8 calories. So, you know, huh. no, no surprise there. Yep. Um, some of the key points, uh, vitamin A, in eight grams, you get 11% of your daily intake in, in just eight grams. So oh, wow. Pretty rich in vitamin A. Yeah. You get... How much is eight grams, would you say? Handful? Uh, yeah, it's like... Um, it's 10 sprigs or something. Yeah. That's not a lot. No. Um, I mean, that's a perfectly accompaniment for a glass of wine, really. Uh, yeah. You, you just <laughs> dip it in. You'll be right. <laughs> 10 sprigs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you've got things like uh, folate... Niacin, pantothenic acid, riboflavin, thiamine. So, you know, you, a few of your, your Bs there. Um, yeah, said vitamin A. There's some beta carotene and some other um, phytonutrients I'll talk about later. Um, you've got B6, vitamin C, which is in eight grams is 2% of your daily intake. Uh, there's some vitamin E, vitamin K. Uh, you've got... Um, some minerals like uh, calcium and copper. Copper is 2% of your daily intake. There's iron, magnesium, manganese, phosphorus, potassium. Uh, then um, uh, 
uh, that's that's all for the eight grams. I want to expand it out to 100 because this is where the numbers get really interesting. Uh, mm. So in vitamins, folate is 15.5% of your daily intake. Pantothenic acid, 11%. Riboflavin, 12%. Thymine, 5.5%. Vitamin A, 225%. Vitamin C, 45% of your daily intake. Vitamin E, 17%. Vitamin K, 258%. Um, there's 11% potassium, 7% calcium, 22% iron, 6.5% magnesium, 18.5% manganese, uh, 4.5% zinc, 7% phosphorus, 2% selenium. So, you know, there's a really okay. good good mix going on there. In 100 grams, right? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Okay. Yeah. And so you know, basically 100 sprigs. Yeah, like a, um, a probably a, a bunch that you would buy from the supermarket or something would yeah. be 100 That's grams. not bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot. Uh, actually, you know, a lot of recipes that you use call for thirty to forty grams of coriander. Yeah, you would take half of a bunch of coriander and put it on a dish. Correct. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it's not a huge stretch for a hundred grams, but that would be divvied out amongst whoever you serve the food up to. Yeah, but still, if you look back over all of the, yeah, or in my case, <laughs> generally one. <laughs> Um, if you look back across all the podcasts we've done and you add up all the numbers, I mean, yeah. it really starts to, the, Oh my goodness, really man. Actually, it reminds me, you know, we can talk about on here. You and I, well, I mentioned to you talking about, um, eating, you know, 30 and then you brought up 40 different, um, different types of foods in yep. a week to yep. help with gut bacteria. Yep. Chris and I have been tracking it pretty regularly. And we got up to 30 in just one day. Oh, wow. 30 different types of plant plants or plant uh, edible plants, you know, seeds, nuts, whatever mm. uh, in just one day. Wow. Yeah. So if you, you know, it's easy to get little bits from here and there and mm. it all adds up in the end. Absolutely. And then what, did you just eat potato jams the whole rest of the week? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You're like, uh, uh, Chris, we made our 30. Uh, we're good now. We're good. <laughs> yeah. Gut <laughs> bacteria is fine. Let's That's just right. eat whatever the hell we want. That's it. It was actually no, surprisingly it. easy. But uh, yeah. yeah. I think you'd be surprised sometimes when you look at what you eat. You know, there are lots of different spices and herbs, especially you love to use different bits and pieces through different things, you know? Yeah. 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 yeah I, I love cooking with a lot of spice too. So when mm. you actually sit down and think about what spices you put in it, you're like, Oh, it's coriander or cumin or, yeah. you know, just bay leaves, turmeric. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Lemon, bay leaves. Oh, I already said bay leaves. But we yeah, made a, we stuff. made a soup the other day that we soaked some barley and we had mm. parsnip and carrot and, and like, you know, a whole heap of stuff in there plus all the spices. And yeah, mm -hmm, we had, mm -hmm. we had bay leaves in there and like yeah. it all, yeah, it all adds up. Anyway, it certainly does. We digress. Okay. We do. So back to coriander slash cilantro <laughs> um yeah so it's a really good source of minerals like potassium calcium manganese iron and magnesium so just quickly potassium really important component for uh, cell and body fluids help for regulating heart rate and blood pressure iron essential for red blood cell uh, I'm, I'm going over these quick because we talk about them all the time mm. um Manganese is a really important cofactor uh, for the antioxidant enzyme superoxide dismutase, which is super important mm -hmm. uh, for uh, free radical cleanup yep. and oxidative stress and that sort of thing. Uh, 
We've also got high levels of vitamins. So folic acid, riboflavin, niacin, vitamin A, beta carotene, uh, vitamin C, essential for health, which we've yep. covered many, many, many times. Powerful antioxidant. Yep. Water soluble. Uh, just remember yes, that. Definitely water soluble. So I said hundred grams, you get 45% of your daily intake of vitamin C. Yeah. That's not bad. It's not as high as some of the other ones that we've spoken about, but it's still, you know, yeah. And it like I said, it, it kind of all adds up, you know, you get mm-hmm. bits and pieces and we, we don't talk about bioavailability. So the more you can mm. diversify your source, the better chance you've got of absorbing, you know, whatever yeah. the offering you. Absolutely. Plus there's also uh, contributing factors to bioavailability and absorption rates. You know, yes. Whether you have this particular uh, enzyme or vitamin and mineral is working with another vitamin to make it absorb better. Yes. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So, you know, stretching your... Uh, stretching, I mean, uh, this just ties right back with the 30 things that you have to have to keep your gut going. Mm. I mean, we're talking about things that work together that increase your ability to absorb all the nutrients that are from these plants. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. So I said vitamin A, vitamin A that's kind of the one that um, stands out as well as vitamin K. So it's, you mm. know, 225% of your daily intake. Mm. Uh, vitamin A is a fat soluble antioxidant. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have talked about that before as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Carrot episode. Yeah. Good for healthy skin and vision. You know, you, you mentioned vision in the carrot episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause vitamin A is um, it's made up of uh, several things, isn't it? From memory. Yeah. Car- the carotenes and that sort of thing. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, that's that's your body kind of changing it when it comes into the body. Yeah, yeah. It uh, gets processed into um, like beta carotene and that's right. Um, Helps with macular degeneration. Alpha carotene, um, cryptoxanthin, lutein, zeaxanthin, lycopene, that sort of thing. Yep. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay. And vitamin A is shown to help protect lung and oral cancer as well. Uh, and the last one was vitamin K, 258% of your daily intake in 100 grams. And again, we've spoken about vitamin K heaps, but important in um, bone mass and um, mm-hmm. you know prevention of um, osteoporosis and that sort of thing. And yep. uh, also helps with Alzheimer's and, and brain damage and that sort of thing too. Mm. So lots going on inside coriander, which is way more than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah it's hard to picture the you know these tiny little leaves having all of this i know amazing I know. power yeah. but i feel like every time we talk about a herb yeah we're always amazed yeah at how much it packs a punch for such a small amount i mean yeah let's just cumin i mean it's still yes. it's crazy yeah that yeah. iron and i have drastically increase the amount of cumin I put in my <laughs> cooking. Uh, so the the recipe says one teaspoon of cumin. I'm going to put 100 grams in here and uh, we're going to see how we go. All right, cool. <laughs> we made hummus yesterday and it was like, ooh, too much. Too much. Cumin. <laughs> uh, too hard, too fast. Right, yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's so funny. You uh, like put it into the into the hummus and now I'm going to sprinkle another couple of tablespoons on the top of the hummus. Yeah. And then I'm going to mix it in with the olive oil and then pour that olive oil on top of the hummus as well. All right. Yeah. That's uh and I've what got I these am. I've got these jiro crackers as yeah. well, which are like oh. cumin spice crackers. So oh, let's get into it. What I, what I haven't done yet is put cumin in a 
in a smoothie because I think that would be no good for iron. Don't do that. (laughs) Just make the tea. True. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. Go back and listen to Kim and everyone. You should. Amazing episode. It's so good. It is. And if you hadn't picked it up, it's high in iron. Yes. Yeah. Higher than pretty much everything. Every everything. Yeah. (laughs) Every literally everything. Yeah, it's crazy. Yep. All right, let's get into some more of the kind of medical medical things. Mm. Um, so I'm going to talk about blood sugar, cholesterol, and free radical production uh, first. So mm-hmm. uh, before I go into it, a lot of a lot of the study that I read um, is really only animal testing. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you know, there's not much we can do about that. That's just where the testing is, and you know, I hope that people find. Uh, the funding or the the drive to go and continue some of this testing because it's amazing. Mm. So um, there's a recent study uh, that have confirmed all three of these, the blood sugar, the cholesterol and the free radical production. Um, when coriander was added to the diet of diabetic mice, it's, it kind of stimulated their secretion of insulin and lowered their blood sugar. Um, and another study, it was given to rats, and um, the coriander reduced the amount of um, damaged fat in their cell membrane. And uh, in a, another study, r- rats were fed uh, kind of a high cholesterol diet and it was, then they were given the coriander and it lowered their levels of um, LDL, which is your bad cholesterol, and increased the level of HDL, the good cholesterol. So um, some interesting things there that I think warrant further, further study because, you know, coriander's easy to grow and mm. you know big farmer just doesn't want to do anything but anyway let's not get into that you don't mean big farmer as in like a dude out on the land do you? <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> just no, clarifying <laughs> yeah no um, well big farmer's all about uh, keeping you on medication not yes i know it's not curing. about he- it's not about healing yes no that's correct no which is yeah. you know uh, I, I'm not I'm not advocating people go and do this, but you know, if we get our diets right, then we're gonna rely less on uh that type of medicine. Yeah. Oh, mate, that's factual information. Yeah, yeah. I just don't want anyone to not seek medical advice. Yeah. Oh, you always should, but yep. you know, do yourself a favor and eat more plants. There you go. <laughs> But he took my line. Uh, yeah. that? How about that? Uh, that's eh? right, mate. We, we finish each other's sentences all the time. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> uh, phytonutrients. So coriander uh, has exceptional phytonutrient content. Um, and there's a, a volatile oil that is uh, really, really rich in these phytonutrients. And there's, there's a, a pretty decent list of um, names that I can't pronounce. Uh, but there's... <laughs> And I'm not even going to Are you going to try? Come on. <laughs> I can't pronounce any of them. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. You have to try, mate. Uh, okay. You got nutrition this week. It's your job. Carvone. Granol. Granol. Is that one word? No, no. Thing? These are two different. Oh, okay. Yeah, go on. Uh, Limonine. <laughs> Borneol. <laughs> Camphor. Elimiol. Elmiol. <laughs> Linalul. <laughs> Uh, yep, and then there's some flavonoids, which I know a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, well done there. <laughs> You've got Qu- flavonoids, right? Quercetin, camphorol, 
yep. uh, Ramiton and Epigenin. So yep, yep, there's yep. a lot going on there in terms of the kind of phytonutrients and, and flavonoids that are there. Mm. Um, and they also have uh, the phenolic acid compounds like uh, caffeic and chlorogenic acid. And we've covered, mm-hmm, covered mm-hmm. these in, in several different podcasts as well. So there's a yep. lot of phytonutrients going on there. And, um, you know, the, the phytonutrients are generally accredited with um, a lot of the a lot of the benefits that come from from coriander. Yeah. Now I'm going to talk about something now that I had no idea was even a thing, and I found it quite interesting. So, okay. uh, salmonella, right? Yes. Salmonella is the source of basically food poisoning. Yeah. Uh, it's common in uh, chicken. Uh, chicken I, eggs yeah yeah i think even um uh rice if you leave it out is very susceptible to salmonella but yeah okay um it, you know it's it's pretty common most people know what salmonella is yes so coriander actually contains an antibacterial compound that may prove to be a kind of a safe and natural way of fighting against salmonella oh wow yeah um, there was a study published in June 2004's issue of the Journal of Agriculture and Food Chemistry. And um, some researchers uh, from the US and Mexico, they isolated a compound from coriander called um, dodecenal or dodecenal. There's different pronunciations. I couldn't find one that, <laughs> I don't know. I, I actually looked up the pronunciation for this and there were different pronunciations. <laughs> um, so dodecenal um, and these laboratory tests showed that it was twice twice as effective as the commonly used antibiotic gentamicin at killing salmonella wow uh, which i found interesting because i'm actually allergic to gentamicin oh really yeah there you go uh yeah so twice as effective as gentamicin gentamicin is a um pretty pretty decent antibiotic drug yeah okay uh yeah so um, since most natural antibacterial agents in food uh, have weak activity, uh, the, the, the leader of this study, Isao um, Kubo, um, he noted... Oh, I just knocked my microphone over. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. What a rookie. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Isao Kubo, who was the lead leader of this study, he noted that they were surprised that this um, dodecenal was was so potent uh, mm. because food-based antibiotics are actually not very potent and this is just off the chart, right? So um, it is actually found in comparable amounts in both the seed and the fresh leaves. So there's really no difference in terms of the quantity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the leaves are actually eaten more frequently, um, you know, normally salsa and, you know, that sort of thing. Um, so this dodecenal, uh, in addition with eight other antibiotic compounds, they were isolated from coriander and um, they thought that they could develop a tasteless food additive that could prevent salmonella, basically. So they're trying to create an additive that you could use to prevent salmonella. Wow. Um, so I've, I found that weirdly interesting that yeah, coriander cool. could help prevent against salmonella poisoning yeah that's really cool um i I don't know i don't want to say the wrong thing but you know it's just vague enough to not know whether adding coriander into your food 
extends you know how much time could pass before you can't mm. eat it uh, you know in terms of preservative side of things or yep, yep, yep. i don't know but uh interesting nonetheless yeah absolutely mm. now i think you brought this up in the parsley episode and i feel like i'm pretty sure you did and i think you might have been confused with coriander okay you were talking about um using it to protect skin were you or maybe you'd said that for no. oranges no 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 maybe i'm wrong maybe it was oranges you said it yeah oh no Tim. oh man it was tomatoes you're talking about bathing in tomatoes for sunburn yes, for sunburn yeah no nah, yeah. okay i'm way off track anyway yeah. it's an old <laughs> wives tale mate yeah so coriander though um <laughs> jeez it's, this guy. So you said you do your research, do you? <laughs> you should bathe in coriander. No. Okay. No, no, I'm not. Is that legit? No. Oh, no. what a shame. <laughs> I was about to make a whole bath of salsa. Yeah, you should. Ooh, that would be with some corn chips. <laughs> <laughs> Is that where your head went straight away? Yes. You're like, ooh, if I did that, I could have corn chips as well. Just in the bath. <laughs> I could imagine you sitting in a bath full of salsa, sitting in the bath with a whole bag of corn chips just dipping into your own bath, eating the salsa. Mate, it'd be more than one bag of corn chips. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah, so there's been some studies that note that the antioxidant in the coriander extract could help prevent um, cellular damage that can lead to accelerated skin aging as well as skin damage from... UVB radiation. Mm. Um, so there's there's also some anecdotal evidence uh, that suggests people are using coriander leaf juice for skin conditions like acne, uh, pigmentation, oiliness, dryness, and that sort of thing, uh, and also rashes and dermatitis. But um, research is kind of lacking. It's really just anecdotal evidence. But there is mm. there is a study into the um, preventing cellular damage and skin aging. So you could, you could help, help skin there with the aging signs of aging, particularly UVB damage. Cool. Yeah. So that was, that was kind of cool as well. Uh, And my last point here is about brain health. So, um, you know, we've talked to, yeah, we've talked about um, brain health a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, specifically I'm talking about things like Parkinson, Alzheimer's, um, multiple sclerosis and that sort of thing. And they're really, they're contributed uh, or associated with inflammation. And um, coriander has got uh, some anti-inflammatory properties that is thought to um, safeguard against these diseases. Again, another study in rats um, showed that coriander extract protected against nerve cell damage. Um, and this was following uh, some induced seizures that they gave the rats. And they, they, yeah, I know it's, it sounds horrible, but uh, horrible. Um, the coriander kind of prevented the damage that seizures uh, caused to the brain. Okay. Uh, another study noted that coriander leaves improved the memory um, in mice. So it's thought that this would have application for Alzheimer's disease. Uh, and another one is looking at um, anxiety. And again, another animal study demonstrated that coriander extract is nearly as effective as 
diazepam, which a lot of people would know is a common anxiety medication. Mm-hmm. And it's so nearly as effective as diazepam at reducing symptoms of anxiety. Wow. Uh, but as I said before, more research, more human research yeah. or yeah. Um, non-animal based research needs to happen um, to really fully understand whether there is um, some benefit there for us. Yeah. Okay. But um, interesting to think about what, what the potential could be. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. But mate, that is uh, the nutrition and, and medicinal properties of coriander. Wow. Cool, man. Very cool. <clears throat> that was good. Yeah, interesting. I, I wish there was more human-based studies, but uh, yeah. you know, we can only work with what we've got. Correct. That is very yeah. true. Very, very true. As I mentioned before, coriander, you can use the leaves, the seeds, the roots. Um, so actually, pretty much all the flavor lies um, in the stems. Mm. Uh, and also the roots, you know, they're crushed up and used in Thai curry pastes, actually. Yeah, uh, that, that amazes me. I mean... Mm. I never want to pull the roots out because I always want to keep growing the plants, but uh, I'm going to have to try it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, even the little small, they've got these uh, little pinky white kind of flowers. Uh, You can use those in summer salads. Nice. Um, And the seeds, you can use them whole or ground. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to talk about a couple of do's and don'ts with coriander seeds. Oh, yeah. Cool. Okay. So a big do is do toast or fry the seeds before using them. Yeah. So same as what I said last week with, with cumin. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now heat really draws out those volatile oils that you were talking about. And that's really where the flavor from coriander seeds comes from. So you can toast or fry them in oil, which helps to make the flavor a little bit more, you know, strong. Uh, you know, you just kind of, put them in a hot skillet and just fry them over a hot uh, thing. You can dry roast them. You can put them a little bit of oil in there to infuse the oil as well. Um, a lot of uh, like Indian cuisine has um, cinnamon and cumin as well as coriander seeds that are kind of the base for a lot of their cooking, mm-hmm. uh, which is really cool. Uh, but in Indian cooking, they actually toast the coriander seeds until they're very dark. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So there you go. Um, Do store coriander properly. Now, uh, to maximize the usable life of the spice, you want to keep it away from light and moisture. Yep. So dark cupboard, it's usually where you store all of your spices. So those spice racks that people tell you to, to, to put out on your kitchen sink and they're all look, look pretty and, and whatnot in the glass too much light. Yeah, light's so bad for a lot of spices. Yeah, so you want to put it in your cupboard, keep it dark in there, uh, and it can actually last up a, up to a year or longer. Yep. Um, and whole coriander seeds can last a couple of years. Yep. Um, you should probably, I mean, you should buy your coriander seeds whole. Uh, you're a big believer of buying seeds whole and not yeah. buying the ground version of yeah, them. Yeah, I love grinding it up. Yep. Yeah. 
so grinding them just before you add them to your dish actually allows you to get the full flavor of the spice and it also lengthens your shelf life as we just spoke about before um so that's definitely a do thing to do uh do pair coriander seeds with the right spices Mm. Mm. now it's usually not used on its own coriander seeds so um you know in indian and latin american cuisines uh they use other spices you know the, the spices vary a little bit but most cases cumin is used almost religiously with coriander seeds um so that coriander and cumin are paired in garam masala Mm. Um, it's also in a lot of Latin American cuisines, uh, and it's usually, you know, it's this warm, uh, and cumin, cumin has like a nutty earthness to it. And the coriander kind of gives that set a uh, bit of a citrus sweetness to it. So that's yep. why they're used together. Um, don't grind coriander seeds if you're using them to pickle a recipe. Yep. Okay, so use the coriander seeds whole if you're using them in a, like if you're pickling something, Mm -hmm. all right? Don't be afraid to use a lot of it. So coriander seeds, the spice uh, has a pretty mild flavor, Mm. which means that you can use heaps of it before it starts getting overpowering. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I'm always pretty pretty liberal when I hear it. As where you should be. Yeah. Uh, now, coriander seeds are pretty common. I'm talking a lot about the seeds at the moment, but, um, you know, you can use, I'm just talking about like a few specific things that you can use them in. So where they're used. So uh, coriander seeds are used in Egyptian cuisine. So you can find it in dukkha mm. um, with, you know, cumin and cinnamon and fennel. Yep. Uh, they're used in Thai curries. So as I said before, the roots, uh, they add a lot of flavor to Thai curries and the pastes. Uh, Mexican dips. So they use the fresh coriander leaves for those, but there's also an element to them using the coriander seeds as the base for some of these things as well. Uh, in terms of the sea, the fresh leaves as well, think about Vietnamese food and, mm. you know, fur is like always has coriander yeah like always um you know stir fry chinese stir fries you've always got coriander on those as well so they use like very commonplace there we're going to talk about a couple of dishes that you can use these in do you have a favorite uh, dish that you use with coriander um or is it just lots of them anything mexican anything mexican <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, even just thinking about it, you know, on a, a, a salsa or so. Oh, uh, yeah. Just. Yep. <laughs> so. <laughs> I just, I'm hungry now. <laughs> yeah. I, I get that, man. So, <laughs> so it's used in a lot of Mexican food. So I think burritos. Yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, salsas, uh, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I see it on top of nachos as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's used all over the place. But um, did you know that you can make your homemade dill pickles? Uh, you know, they're used in a pickling brine, which actually has coriander and dill seed and red pepper flakes. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's a vinegary type things when you're pickling those uh the dill pickles 
Uh, it's also used in tikka masala. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, coriander in the garam masala. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, chili powder, turmeric. They're all used in that dish. Uh, there is a you know Egyptian dukkah, which you just spoke about before. Um, you know, they use coriander, sesame seeds, fennel seeds, cumin seeds, uh, nuts. So pistachios, cashews, pine nuts, salt, black pepper. I gotta say, if there was ever like a healthy, like jam pack nutrition to put on something, dukkah, dukkah. is where it's at. Mm-hmm. You no, know? like I love dukkah. Yeah, me too, man. Yeah. I chuck it on everything. Mm. I have dukkah crusted tofu. Nice. Yeah, just because I can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's just made me. I have not made any for a while. I think I'm going to make some. Mm. Yeah. What dukkah? Dukkah. Yeah. Oh, do you make your own? Yeah. Nice. I usually get, we get our dukkah from Arlo Arlo, in Brighton. Yeah. Yeah. His dukkah is sensational. Mm. Literally sensational. Now let's talk about pairing. Okay. Yeah. So coriander pairs really well with foods like avocado. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you're thinking about things that you want to do this with, so think avocado, think beans. So Mm -hmm. again, we're talking about your Mexican foods here. Uh, it goes really well with lentils as well. Mm. Uh, it actually goes really well with mayonnaise, believe it or not. I'd never considered that, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, peppers. So yep. uh, capsicum. Capsicum. Yeah. Yeah. We are talking about capsum. Uh, capsaicum. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, rice, salads, mm-hmm. salsas, tomatoes. I gotta say, tomato and fresh cori- fresh tomato and fresh coriander. I mean, that's really essentially a salsa, but that's a beautiful match. Yeah, it is. Uh, uh, they also use coriander in a lot of yogurts. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think if you're using like a raita, you can put coriander leaves on the top of that. Um, I mean, when we talk Indian cuisine, if you do like lentils and rice, they use coriander on the top of that as well. So not just in the base with the coriander seeds, but also the coriander fresh on the top. Mm. Um, as we mentioned as well, salsa, guacamole, burritos, chilies, like chili con carne, yeah. that sort of stuff over the top. In the Middle East, it's used when pickling things and also for kebabs and curries and chutneys as well. Uh, and as we said, it's throughout Asian cuisine in terms of the whole plant is used in lots of different areas of Asian cuisine as well. Mm. So lots of different places that it's used um, and as we mentioned, it's in Belgian wheat beers as well. Yeah, this feels like, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, is this the first plant we've spoken about that seems to me like it's heavily involved in most cuisines rather than just you know a handful or whatever? Yeah, and it's actually quite surprising because it's got that stigma. Mm-hmm. You know, most other herbs and spices don't have the same stigma that coriander has, and yet it's adopted in pretty much most cuisines. Yep. Yeah. So, Interesting. Yeah. Quite amazing, really. Mm. Anyway, uh, that is essentially cooking with coriander, mm-hmm. but there's going to be a whole bunch of recipes that I'm going to put up on the uh, 
the messy yeah, veggie cool. site so yeah. that you can, you know, really get into it a bit more, yep. use the seeds. I think I, I actually don't use the seeds enough mm. personally. I always, if I see it in a recipe, I actually skip it sometimes just because I'm like, well, yeah. I don't think it adds too much to it. But as, yeah. as I said before, like, and I didn't realize it had such a mild flavor that you can give it a bit more extra. Yeah. Uh, so and if you're using like packet ground up powder or, you know, or if it's old seeds or whatever, it might take a little bit more to actually get that flavor. Yeah. Well, I want to go and buy the seeds yeah. and grind them myself and, mm. and make sure that we do that before it. Because if it is adding that, I mean, you really, dishes need to have balance. And mm. if the cumin and the coriander work hand in hand for the nuttiness and also the sweetness that it brings yeah. to the dish, it's it's essentially, you know, necessary for it to have that in that dish. Mm. Yeah. So I really shouldn't be skipping over it like I usually do. Yeah. Well, we always, yeah, cumin and coriander, if we're making a chili or something, it's mm. like that they go in first and, yeah, cook mm-hmm, up mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah, nice. Mm. Well, you you put that in that bean thing that you make, right? Uh, I put it in a lot of things that I make, yeah. 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 Well, I like that bean thing that you make, that's all. Yeah. And I don't like a lot of other things that that you make. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, snap. You know why I like the bean one so much? Because it comes with corn chips. There you go. I'm not unsuccessful at growing coriander, but I'm not, uh, I'm not brilliant at it. I always okay. seem to end up with some problem. Like it'll grow for a while and then I've got a problem. Okay. Uh, whereas like parsley is just taking over my herb box at the moment. Yeah. So yeah. 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 Okay. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, probably most people have, have coriander or have tried to grow coriander or, you know, mm-hmm. even if you buy it from the supermarket and put in a glass of water or, you know, people, it's one of those things. You Can you grow it like that? Um, I didn't look at that, but I mean, you can definitely keep it longer. Mm. Um, let's say if you bought it from the supermarket, it would last longer if you put it in water for sure. Yeah. Um, Cause my mum picked up a bunch of parsley from like the crack in some concrete Mm. stuck it in some water and it has been growing like a champion for months wow yeah that's cool yeah Yeah. i know and she keeps trimming it back and it just keeps growing nice yeah well that's good i know yeah anyway Mm. that's yeah it's cool yeah i want to test that out with coriander i think yeah you should yeah um yeah so look coriander you can pretty much grow it uh, in anything. So, you know, you could have it in the garden, you could have a pot, you could have it in a container on your windowsill, whatever, you know, you just put it in something and grow it. Uh, you can grow it from seed. The seeds take about two weeks to sprout above the soil. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I mentioned in the facts, uh, you can split the seeds and the seeds will actually promote faster growth. So you'll get more more out of the seed if you split it. Um, I watched this YouTube video where he soaked it in some water and then um, put it into a pot and put a bit of um, good quality mulch and um, compost over the top. And uh, yeah, it really just grew crazy. It was amazing uh, yeah, okay. how well it came up. So he actually did a test of side-by-side comparison with non-split seeds and split seeds. And it was, it was not in day the difference. 
Mm. Yeah, so definitely worth splitting the seeds, and I recommend just just YouTubing it because um, there's some pretty cool videos out there. Yeah, nice. Um, one thing I didn't know about coriander is it's actually best grown in clumps, so um, not just a single plant. Like you get a bunch oh yeah, of together, and they they actually support each other. So it's um, very family orientated. Picture of them, you know, patting each other on the shoulder and like, yeah. come on, mate, you can do it. Well, you grew another inch today. Well done, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. There's that metric system, that in, imperial system. Imperial. <clears throat> there you go. Um, so planting, right? And this is by, I'm going to talk about different climates mm-hmm. and I'm going to talk about range to plant. And it, I should note that um, the months that I'm giving are southern hemisphere months. Okay. So if you're in the northern hemisphere, um, the Flip opposite. It. Yep. So if you're in a warm climate, uh, early March, uh, and then again in early September, so plant early March or early September. If it's a temperate climate, again, early March, early September. Mm -hmm. And if you're in a cool climate like we are, it's really just that early September. So, you know. Oh, we're coming up to the right time. Yeah, into into spring and you plant your coriander and um, that's the best time for it. Nice. Uh, coriander love like really rich, moist soil, uh, sunny spot, and um, they'll they'll grow really well there. The only the only thing there is if you're in a really hot climate, um, you probably want to give them a bit of shade through the day, otherwise they'll get too hot. Yeah, okay. And the problem here is that um, if it does get too much sun, it it's what's called bolting. The plant will bolt. Um, yep. And that means that it goes to seed too fast. And this has um, an effect on both the flavor and the amount that it kind of grows and the amount of leaves that are available. Yeah. So you, you really uh, want to... Onions do as well. Yeah. You really just want to make sure that it doesn't bolt. Um, yep. But that, yeah, just, that's if it gets uh, too much sun in a hot climate. Uh, yeah. yeah. So you just need to make sure it's got shade. Down here in Melbourne... Really, really, what you're doing is trying to maximise the amount of sun you can give it. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, as much as you can, and that's that's pretty much all it comes down to with coriander. It's really simple to grow, um, and uh, you can, when it goes to seed, you can harvest the seeds if you want. You just cut the tops off and hang them upside down, let them dry, and get the seeds out. That's cool. Um, which I have, I haven't done, I haven't harvested for the seeds, but I've had coriander plants that have gone to seed. Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, I kind of just shook the head, and all the seeds dropped down into the the soil, and I just started again. <laughs> oh, I've done that before as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a weird thing when they went to seed. Yes, yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, and you just like, and then you touch it, and they all just fall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's kind of cool. Yeah, that, uh, yeah so you can just ago. keep 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 it going. But mm. um, the last few coriander plants I've had. Uh, have have sadly not made it. Okay. So uh, I need to get better at the, the old coriander. Yeah, maybe they were just having like some infighting in the family. Well, that's right. Maybe they just didn't get along. No, what I did was I moved my herb box um, okay. so where it gets more sun and I have been more successful this time until the possum destroyed it a couple of nights ago. Yeah. Yeah. What can you do? And we've had some really bad weather too, so I think that hasn't helped. Yeah. Well, you know, possum's got to eat too. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, cool, man. 
Yeah. So I'll just quickly talk about some companion planting. Oh, yes, please. Yeah. Uh, it goes really well with anise. Uh, actually, I read that um, uh, coriander and anise really support each other to the point where they, um, especially the anise, they, they'll um, they'll grow, they'll have more flavour and yeah. So not just wow. grow well together, it actually impacts how they taste. Wow. Uh, you've also got uh, dill, basically any green leafy. So you, um, your cruciferous kind of um, area, uh, legumes, potatoes, tomatoes, basil, parsley, uh, and asparagus all grow really well together. Mm -hmm. uh, the only thing you shouldn't do is plant it with fennel, keep them apart. And um, I did read, even though um, even though it grows well with parsley, I did read that you probably want to keep a little bit of distance from parsley. But yeah, okay, yeah. But um, mate, that is that's growing coriander. I like it, mate. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. Hmm. Um, I just realized that I didn't talk about uh, replacements for coriander. Oh, oh, well, quickly hit us up with the coriander replacements. Yeah. So if you are replacing the leaf, then you can replace it with parsley or tarragon or dill or a combination of all three of those. Um, if you're looking at a seed substitution or ground coriander, then you can do equal amounts of caraway seeds or cumin or fennel or a combination of the three as well. Yeah, I get that. Cause um, I don't know when the last time you smelt ground coriander, but I definitely get that kind of um, licorice fennel really subtle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So the fennel definitely. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that combination of the three is probably your best bet mm. when you're, when you're doing that. So yeah. caraway seeds, cumin, and fennel. Yeah. If you're looking at replacing the herb, then you want tarragon, dill, and parsley. Yeah, that's that's cool. Mm. So for the ten percent of you out there that hate coriander, take yeah. note. Yeah, absolutely. It's time Go. to put put up or shut up. Wow. <laughs> wow. Just got really aggressive. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that was cool. Well, good episode. Yeah. 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 Loved it. Good old coriander. I, lo I love coriander. I'm going to start using it a bit more and I'm going to test that out. I'm going to put uh, a coriander bush in a glass of water. Mm -hmm. Just see how it goes. Hmm. Yeah. The other one I've never had um, really great success other than when I planted it with tomatoes was basil. Ever mm. since ever since I moved and I, I stopped with that vegetable garden, I've never been able to grow basil the same. I don't know. I just struggle with it. Man, I can't grow basil at all. Yeah. It always dies. Mm. I don't understand why. Yeah. We will get to that one day. Yep. And then we'll figure out what's going on. Yep. That's mm. it. Hey, uh, quick update for you on the avocado seed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember how I told you it had those little yes. couple of little things coming off the side? Yeah. Yeah. Well, now it's like about three or four centimeters oh, tall. Nice. It's yeah. just going to keep going. And it's got all these little offshoots on that main store. Yeah, cool. That's yeah. Awesome. So I'm not sure what's going to happen there. Hopefully, you know, it turns into like a lot of different. Um, It'd be so cool if it like branched out like a bush, whereas mine's like a single tree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going to happen, but that'll be cool. 
That's it'll be it's it's going to be really good to see the difference between yours and this one when you do yeah. cut it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. Update. Love it. It's good. Hmm. Well, uh, that wraps up the episode. Sure does. Yeah. So thanks everyone again for listening. Uh, be sure to head to the Apple. Instagram. <laughs> no. Damn it. Go, go over to Apple and give us a oh, rating. Yeah. Will you? Um, we appreciate it if you do. Uh, and, you know, one of these days we're going to run a competition for that rewards people for giving us high rating. No, I'm just joking. We're not going to, we're not buying your high. We're going to just start paying people. <laughs> but that uh, uh, would really help us out. If you, if you head over there and just gave us a, gave us a review, we'd really appreciate that. Uh, definitely jump on the Instagram and follow us there because that is where you will find links to the recipes you will find little tidbits of information that you can share. Mm. Uh, last week's was a really cool one because we were doing uh, cumin. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I did that. Did you the see Iron that? Wars. Yeah, yeah. So you had a good response to that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, I think people don't quite realize how powerful it was. Yeah. You know, it blew my mind. So I love that. So we're always putting little bits of facts and things. So if you miss an episode and you want to get a little bit of an update on something, you know, without having to listen to, to us waffle on for hours, mm. head over there. Cause that'll give you a quick synopsis. <laughs> I'm just I'm basically telling Stop. you don't no. listen to the podcast. Uh, no, but, don't do that. Listen they to would us. only hear it if they'd already listened to it. So. Well, that's true. And then they'll probably forget about that by the time <laughs> yeah. the next episode came around mm -hmm. anyway, but look, no, thank you for listening. And thank you, Tim, as always, you do a great job every week, mate. That research of yours is outstanding. No, you're too kind. Mm, Tim's no. hair is also still enormously long. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I think it grows a couple of extra centimeters every week. Probably does. It's, yeah. it's, it's out of control. It's pretty good, man. Well done. Yeah. yeah. Look, I can't complain. I'm not balding. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Why, what's wrong with balding, mate? No, nothing. But I'm no. not balding. <laughs> I can't complain. I'm not balding. But there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you, everyone. And until next week, do yourself a favor and go eat some more plants.